right, here we are, man. We got it. We're doing we're doing the podcast now. I know it, man. We, oh, this is exciting. Okay, so my name is Adam Schreiner. I am the co-host here with Matthew Hartz. I am what you would call your casual Beach Boys fan. I love the Beach Boys. I love their music. Don't know a whole lot about their story. And, I mean, I saw Love and Mercy, and I love that movie, but I don't really know a whole lot about the story, how it all got started, and we're in their 60th anniversary, so this is the uh, perfect time to learn about the Beach Boys in a more, you know, in-depth manner, and that is why we have Matthew Hartz here, co-host. I'll, I'll let you take it, Matthew. You, this is kind of your thing. You have the knowledge. You're the Beach Boy enthusiast. You're the, what I would call, what I would consider an expert on the on the subject. Not- the nut, yeah, yeah, beach the nut, boy nut. Yeah, I can't really take credit for the idea because, like we've discussed, you know, up, you know, up until about the beginning of February, I wasn't even really sure of what a podcast was. Yeah, um, enter me. Let me let me and, show you. Help yeah, you out and uh, I so um, it's hard for me to take credit for the idea, although I I am the guy behind the the information and have been building this beach boy knowledge over the entire course of my life, yeah. you know? So, uh, about what, 40 years or 40? no, it's good. I, I turned 52 this May 1st and I've been listening and into the beach boys heavily, heavily since I was three years old. And, and honestly, you love the beach boys more than most people love most things as well, you know, and, and, and I'm excited to uh, share, you know, share that passion with you and, and well, you know, the passion was there from the very beginning. It's a, uh, it specifically, it's the intro to California girls. And I, I won't go into a bunch of heavy de- detail about where uh, I heard the music first, but my mom had three records. She had little deuce coop, the 1964 concert album and summer days and summer nights. And it was that first song that opened side two, California Girls, the introduction to that. And yeah, I don't know, it's about 20 seconds long or something. It It's, that blew my little mind. And I didn't even know much about music back then at all, at all. I just knew there was something magical going on. I didn't know that it was the combination of all those instruments making those chords being played in the beginning of that and with all that color and everything i i call it the big bang moment of my musical life and really the beach boys the wilson brothers especially they've they've impacted my life in a way that's you know goes beyond the music even you know there's the the issues that uh Brian has famously struggled with with depression, which I have a history of that that I've that I've had all my life. I've found out, and and you know, I very much feel that Brian's music spoke to me, and I think it spoke to me in a magical way through particular types of chords and chord progressions and things like that. It was, but it really has Im- impacted all areas of my musical life. But then I also resonate with the 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 mental issues, um, and even the, some of the stuff that the that the other guys had to go through, the dependency issues and all that stuff. And so 
their whole story seems to just resonate with my life in a very, very big way. And they're never far away. I tell fellow musicians that I've got a buddy. He asked me something about how, how big is the influence of the Beach Boys on your music deal? And I said, oh, I take a little bit of the Beach Boys into everything I do, <laughs> whether it's playing swing fiddle or, you know, playing in a bluegrass band or playing in a rock and roll band that's not doing Beach Boy music. I still use ideas from Brian Brian's music and writing and tricks and stuff like that in those other kinds of music. And so it does really influence my whole musical life, whether people know it or not. Right, right. And so you have, you know, I mean, I know that, you know, maybe the idea of a podcast wasn't what you had in mind, but you definitely have wanted to share yeah. the Beach Boys story, right? I have, I, I've actually thought about writing books before. There's there's already been some amazing books written, stuff that I really admire. And hey, a podcast is way better than writing a book. Trust me, I wrote a little 100-page yeah. book, and, it, and <laughs> only 100 pages. There's a lot of work that goes into it. A lot easier to hop, hop on a couple microphones and, and, and tell a story that way. Right. But and anyway, you can still get that same purpose out through this medium. You know, I know as we you know, go far further into this endeavor, it it's becoming apparent to me that this is a way to tell that story in a amazing way. I mean, we're down here in my, in what, room, my man. beach boys sanctuary yeah. is what I call it down here. And this, this project did not start because I was, had any plans of doing any of this stuff. This is a, a, what you call the passion project, or it was a way for me to immerse myself in the beach boys. And another thing that's so special, especially this year, we're doing this in the 60th, the year that is the 60th anniversary of the Beach Boys' first record being released. So we're calling it the 60th an anniversary of the Beach Boys. And uh, I am so happy to be part of the energy that's already out there. I see a, a lot of folks, since we started doing this, we've done a little bit of research and there's a lot of people doing some really great things and my hat's off to all of them and all of the wonderful knowledge and attention they're bringing in, and we want to be part of that program right yeah and i mean they're all we're all fulfilling the same purpose that, yes you know they're all absolutely. you know they're all working towards that same goal yeah. of keeping this music alive I, and keeping the the awareness on the beach boys and the awareness on the brilliance of them and, and all that to so. continue my a mission statement i was thinking about a few weeks ago is you know you know trying to bring more attention to Brian's incredible music. That's already been done in in a way that I had hoped many years ago. But I want to continue to do that because I think it's still not fully understood and I'm still amazed by the new musicians that come to me that want to find out more and I uh you know at some of the music clinics that I teach around the country you know I do as much teaching on Beach Boy harmony type subjects and also beach boy history type stuff as I do for like, say the, the bluegrass and the, the jazz stuff that, that I'm involved with. So let's just take a second and just kind of just dig in a little deeper to a little bit of your background, your personal background uh, and, and what exactly you've done with your musical career. Just real quick. Um, if you can just kind of give a little timeline of what, of, of the progression of your musical career, and then we'll kind of, 
fuse those in with the, with the Beach Boys as well. You know, we're always fighting this. Don't want it to be about me, but I guess my my some a bit about me is important to the story. Yeah, for and, sure. And, yeah, and also just so and, that you know, our listeners know who kind of who you are, right. and your background, and so don't have to go Google you. you I know? was born in Twin Falls, Idaho. Um, my dad is a great musician and and was into lots of different music when uh when i was growing up especially early early my earliest memories are him playing the banjo in the early 1960s he taught himself to play the five string banjo both scrug styles uh both the Scruggs style and other styles. He was influenced by Pete Seeger. So he did some frailing styles and uh claw hammer. I think he called it claw hammer type stuff. Anyway, my dad was playing the banjo besides doing other musical things. Uh, he played in bands growing up. He was uh, in the BJC uh, like Philharmonic or orchestra in the late 1950s. He played the tuba. Um, but he was a big Dixieland jazz fan, early jazz. Right. And so I got a heavy diet of that early on, but he was also into lots of other music. I got those Pete Seeger records. We had a, he had a bunch of Kingston trio records, Simon and Garfunkel, Peter, Paul and Mary. He had a lot of stuff. Uh, he liked the mamas and the papas for pop stuff. Uh, lots of old country it's hard to name everything, but it was a very diverse collection of records. My mom also is a big fan of music, not much of a musician. She plays a little bit of accordion and she sings well. Um, but she had the three Beach Boy records. And I've always wondered, and I've even tried to get out of her, what, why she bought three Beach Boy records, what resonated with her about the Beach Boys. And I think that's a big part of what we're doing here because she's not a musician, you know, and, and especially with all these years to look back in hindsight, you know. Yeah. So these were her records. I heard them along with everything else in their collection, but I really resonate. I didn't know what it was. I just absolutely fell in love. I just remember it the way it made me feel. And it was those opening chords to California girls, or whether it was the ballad of old Betsy on little deuce coop or another beautiful progression. in one of those tunes or something like that, it's just, I just, it just did something to me. I saw things. I, I, you know, I closed my eyes and listened to those records and I knew something magical was going on. And so the depth of it was evident to me, even at three or four years old, um, about that same time, dad started me on banjo, not to really play banjo, but my hands were so small that, and the banjo neck is really skinny. Right. And so I'd actually play with this part of the banjo down on this other side of me and just play up on the neck. He wanted me to be able to play chords on something so I could learn about chords because he knew that that was a big part of music. And I often look at that moment and realize how lucky I was to have the dad that I had to that. Um, that introduced he, well, he age. introduced some big picture music things to me at a very young age that I benefited hugely from. And so got me started on the banjo, but not really to play the banjo. And I was even early on, me and my brother singing Beach Boy tunes and me strumming a banjo. I got a little deuce coop, you know, just playing the changes on a banjo. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it was a couple years after that, that he probably just had me move to the guitar and he played a little bit of guitar and he showed me my first chords. And, um, then we'll, let's, we'll get fast forward to about eight. And he was, had a business associate that lived, we were living in Pocatello, Idaho at the time. And he was, uh, this business associate was in Blackfoot, Idaho. And he had a little music store section of his furniture store. And he, dad either traded him or picked up a three quarter size violin and brought it home for me to try to play. We have some, my dad's dad and my dad's grandpa and my dad's grandpa's brothers all played the fiddle, but dad and uncle Sam, they didn't pick, they were musicians, but they didn't ever pick up the fiddle. So I wonder often if maybe dad got that three quarter size fiddle because it was in the fan, the fiddle music was in the family. And sure. so why did he bring that fiddle home? But anyway, brought the fiddle home, said, why don't you go try orchestra on Monday? And so I went at eight and then it was a couple of years later or maybe a year and a half or so after some private classical lessons, I was introduced to some old time fiddle styles and fiddle competitions, which were a big thing here in the Western United States at that time. You know, they were a lot bigger than they are now. It was there were uh, fiddle contests that actually have a large or have a been around in American history for a long, long time, almost dating back 300 years, you know? So anyway, I entered that whole scene and I ended up winning some national uh, fiddle titles when I was in my late teens and early twenties. Okay. So you win uh, some, some fiddle titles. So yeah. a couple national. Um, and so specifically the grand national fiddle championship in Weezer, Idaho, which um, most people in Boise don't realize that that is, you know, one of the biggest contests in the nation, you know, or still is for what they have of those things. And then I won that in 88 and 92 and then I won the Grand Masters Invitational Contest that they have in conjunction with the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville three times in 89, 93, and 95. And then I won the world, what they call the World Championship back then in Crockett, Texas in 1988. So that was kind of the heyday of all the, all the fiddle, fiddle stuff. contest stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, that's, uh, then I started doing other things after that, right. so kind of getting out of college and going to work at a music store for a long time and played music. Uh, yeah. And you, you have said to me before that, you know, even though you won these titles, it actually is kind of a small, in the big picture of your musical career, it's kind of a small, well, smaller, it's, like I, a, a, a smaller, smaller deal, or, or I guess. I don't, I don't know. It's just not much of, it doesn't have much to do, do with what I do as a musician. Oh, okay. Now. Okay. Um, and I think some people will learn my hit or know my history only knowing those things. And I think that the, for that reason, they think that's, some people think that's all I do. Oh, it's just fiddle. Play because, the fiddle. Yeah. And okay. because of that, in which it would, it's understandable. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, I'm assuming you're, you probably are known in that community as, you know, yeah. a, a, you know, a, a incredible musician and, but you also say that you've actually done a lot of jazz and uh, well, then, right? yeah, different styles of of like swing and jazz. There's um, there's a type of 
jazz music that it started in Texas called Western Swing that um, I've studied quite a bit. And uh, most of the jazz that I play is kind of associated with that. That but, swing, I mean, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's you know it's all kind of the. Well, know, I mean, you played you played a I mean, the, uh, kind of a swinging violin version of a Beach Boys tune or two, and it's pretty it's pretty fun. Yeah, you know, yeah that's yeah. that swing is is. Yeah, it's something kinda, about that swing, you know, is, is just a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let our listeners know what they can expect from from listening to the In My Beach Boys Room podcast. And you have me, the casual fan, like we had said. Uh, Matthew's going to be teaching me, educating me on the story. Nothing's off limits. I'm probably going to ask some silly questions. I'll probably ask some good questions, but hey, we're going to do it live. There, you know, you, live, you, yeah. you know there's no <laughs> such thing as silly or good yeah. questions. If you genuinely, if you authentically have a question. Yeah. Well, I mean, and sometimes you just, you know, when you'll, you've said just little things about the Beach Boys, I'm like, well, okay, wait, hold on. Elaborate on this. And so there's going to be a lot of that. No, I'll probably I, be, well, that, you know, halting Matthew to be like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Tell me a little more about that. So that's kind of what you can expect from the role of me being, you know, the casual fan that wants to learn more and Matthew being the expert enthusiast that knows the things that I want to know. Yeah, exactly. Again, I want to reinforce the all things Beach Boys. You know, I, you know, not just the music, not just the history. You know, I want to get into a lot of things with this. You know, I think it's a, it's, it's wide. It's, it's a, it's, it's fertile ground yeah. for discussion, you There's know, and of, so plenty of it to discuss. Yeah. So, you know, I, I also want to continue to bring in some neat ways that my folk and swing music background is intersected with my beach boy background and some really cool things and stories associated with that. And I also, have some friends who have done some really cool things like, you know, played on Beach Boy Records and people that have been involved with the organization. Um, and then also some friends that uh, people will know, will know who these folks are when we have them. And they're musicians that not most people know how heavily influenced they are by Brian Wilson. Well, and just yeah. getting them to tell their stories and to bring more so we can bring more listeners maybe into a discussion of, you know, the greatness of Brian and the beach boys and maybe through, you know, some sort of a triangulation of, of that nature, it'll really, and especially if the guest understands where we're trying to go with this, yeah. you know, and under, you know, trying to bring, bring the casual listener into more of an understanding of what's okay. going on almost all the good musicians that I know, whenever I talk about the Beach Boys, oh, Brian Wilson. Yeah. You know, like he's, he's definitely up on a pedestal in the you know, for, from mm -hmm. a musician's standpoint. And it kind of seems just in the few times I've mentioned it already, uh, you know, percentage-wise, well, that, that kind of seems to be yeah. pretty high up there. That's, well, uh, that he is he just is well-respected. And, and even even to... You know, not like not even super famous musicians or anything like that. You know, just the no. everyday, just people who mm -hmm. are studying music. Just right, Brian right, Wilson right. and the Beach Boys really they stand out. I me. see that at the clinics that I'm that that I'm involved with on a big level these days, and it is so not just there, but just overall awareness about it is bigger than it ever has been. It's just too good. It's it's too good to not be discovered by great musicians. Yeah. When they're when they're exposed to it, it's almost 
almost without fail. I've seen, there's a few people that don't resonate with it for what I call textural reasons, mm-hmm. you know, of, of, you know, and, and I, I, Hey man, everybody has their own flavor of ice cream, man. I get that, all that, but I've never met anybody but an idiot that denied that it had value sure. in that community. Yeah, right? yeah, know? exactly. Well, like even if they don't, even if they don't like it, because it's not their their flavor, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they don't. You know, like it's it's yeah, still a very they, you know it's they can still recognize well made flavor. Or, and the, the other thing that's so cool about what we're doing is that you know you have you as the musician and me as and you know I love music and I and. But I'm not. I, I can't call myself a musician. I don't play an instrument. So it's cool that we have this dynamic of someone like you that is a musician and and knows how special the music is. And me, not necessarily knowing how special the music is on that level, but having knowing that that's special on the level for it is for me. You know. Hey, it resonated with you for a reason, and probably some of the same reasons it resonated with my mother, which is why I was given the mu- music. Yeah. Well, it wasn't for musical reasons. Right, right, exactly. I be- I believe it was more spiritual and emotional. Yeah, that's and that's that's so cool. So we're gonna have social media to an extent, and we'll have a YouTube channel so you can check out this in my Beach Boys room setup. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, the visuals are definitely worth checking out. But uh, we'll probably get our first episode on kind of how things got going with the beach boys and Matthew and I will start our discussion and I'll ask him questions and we'll go from there. So thank you very much uh, for being here with us and, and we hope you, you come on this journey with us. Yes. And happy 60th anniversary to the beach boys. And remember folks, the smile that you send out returns to you.